Looks like some kind of insect. It's a bee. Bee? A bee? Slow down now. What plane and what's dangerous? Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Do you have any idea what those bees can do? Sir, let me give you three reasons why you hired me. I know how to improvise, I'm quick on my feet, and I'm a natural born asshole. Welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B movie and genre icons. My name is Garrett Smith. And my name is Tori Vitenza. And we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That is Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at gmail.com, and on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J A W N. And uh, our artwork is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christine Rayburn. And her partner, Pat. Cool. Flawless. Flawless, right? I nailed it. And uh, we're back to talk more about Rucker Howard. More about Rucker Howard. Yeah. So uh, we're doing 90s and onwards. Um, Yes. I'm trying to think of like if there were any movies we watched. uh, I somehow made it up here without my phone. So uh, you're going to have to tell me. I mean, I haven't really watched anything else uh, that wasn't a Rucker since the last time we recorded, but I believe you watched the Wolf and Cub movie, the third one, right? I watched the fourth the Lone fourth Wolf one. and Cub yeah. movie, which was called Baby Cart in Peril, I believe, uh, and was really good. Uh, it was actually one of my favorites of that series so far. Uh, I think that I, I have I talked about these on the podcast before. Um, you know, they're like a, I can't remember. They're Japanese movies from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about an assassin and his tiny little child. Um, you know, the Mandalorian is kind of based on the Lone Wolf and Cub story, which is like I think originated as a manga series. Yep was adapted into these movies. It's also a really cute uh, reference that I always think of as Bob's Burgers. Uh, Bob and his daughter really love watching Hawk and Chick uh, movies, which are like Lone Wolf and Cub movies, but like for that show. Yeah. Uh, So I always think of that. Okay, that's cool. That's cute. Yeah, I liked this one a lot. It had this, um, (laughs) it had this like pretty cool story about like a, uh, because like at this point it's just like this guy's encounters with like other people Mm. that are either hiring him to kill people or he is hired to kill. Um, and this one had this story about like this woman who, um, you know, is like, uh, she's like victimized by this guy. And so she like leaves her post or whatever. She's becomes like a deserter of like the clan that she's a part of. And basically like, he gets hired to kill her but finds out about her like tragic story of how she was like taken advantage of and raped by this man and then like kind of like disavows him so in her final moments like lone wolf happens to be in the same place that this guy that wronged her and she is and he lets her kill him before he kills her and she like as she dies like thanks him for this like honorable death that she has like been rewarded by him it was like really interesting i was like it was a very like tragic interesting kind of like story to be included in it okay also the little kid has like his own story in this movie daigoro 
Mm. Uh, Daggero wanders off in the beginning of the movie and How has like. How old is he now? Is he still a baby? Yeah, or? he's like maybe two years old. Oh, okay. Uh, and he like wanders off and just like has his own little like half hour adventure in the beginning of the movie, Weird. which was like great. It was like really entertaining. Oh, and cool. Okay. Yeah. It was it like? Uh, it's literally like he encounters this other like, uh, uh like baby? assassin samurai. No, oh. like a grown assassin samurai, who. Upon encountering a two-year-old, immediately tries to kill him, like pulls his sword on mm. him, and the kid just doesn't react to the sword. And then the samurai gives him this big monologue about like, you have the death life eyes. You have the eyes of someone that has seen too much death in their life. Like, it's, it's so he's funny like, that all these people just have to like act around this baby and yeah. be like, ah, yes, baby, we know that you are like very wise and understand yes. this dark world you live yes. in. Yeah. yeah, it's it was great. I really liked it. I'm really enjoying these movies. It's like oh, that's cool. also an impressive case of like none of these movies feel like wildly different to me. Mm. They all kind of just like the first movie establishes like all of the tropes and then mm -hmm. each movie just kind of does them again, but like well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the series is actually kind of a good case study of like you don't have to like reinvent the wheel or one up a movie like with every sequel. You can just kind of like as long as you're doing the tropes well, you can kind of just do the tropes. Yeah. And you know, and a people lot that of, are into it will A lot of slasher it. series also kind of like yeah. prove this uh, as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. I highly recommend these movies to people. Um, there's a Criterion collection if people want to watch them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's I think cool. you're probably right, because yeah. we only just recorded the first Rucker episode, like, two days ago. Yeah, I know. So we just kind of crammed a few more for this episode. Yeah, I know that there's, like, some stuff we're, like, going to watch soon that I'm excited about and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing else at the moment. So I guess we can just hop back into Rucker's career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if you listen to the first part of our episode, we talked about things like Blade Runner and The Hitcher, which I think are two of, like, our favorites probably from his, like, 80s career. And um, Nighthawks. And Nighthawks, yes. We discovered Nighthawks. Yes. Uh, but I guess we mostly knew him from those other two movies yeah. and, like, really loved him for them. Yes. Um, so... There are sh a shocking amount of movies in this like second half that we like had seen, but just didn't really think of him in yes. it because he was often side characters. But um, I, I think his career is really interesting because we talk a lot about these actors who've had these really long careers. And as it goes on, it seems like it's typical that like the quality of work that they're in kind of dips. Like yeah. sometimes the right directors find them, even especially like genre directors and are like, cool, like we'll right. pull you in. But Rucker seems to bounce around to like doing pretty like bad movies uh, to sure. doing like, he's goes overseas, does more like um, European films. Yeah. But then he also does some films that are like highly regarded uh, in the 2000s as well. And I think uh, that's evidence of like the quality of work that he did do. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing where some of these genre actors end up just getting relegated to like kind yeah. of be trash for the mm -hmm. second half of their career. Yeah. Um, but I think as long, you know, he's got Blade Runner in his back pocket. Like yeah. he's got this kind of like one really significant. That people always think of. Yes. Yeah. Like great role that I think probably makes him like a sought after. Like I bet Christopher Nolan was like, God damn, would I love to work with Rucker Howard? I know. Yeah. You know, like I think that's yeah. how he ends up in a movie like that, yeah. you know? So um, it is interesting, but he also does have a lot of that, you know, B movie trash yeah. in the second half of his career yeah. too. 
Um, and first off, I want to remind people, too, that uh, hopefully listen to the first part of the episode that in the 90s, he was still doing his infamous Guinness yes. commercials. Yeah. Uh, so Which I think we could talk about again <laughs> if you want. Like, I would do another 20 minutes on those. We don't those. need to, oh, okay. but right. they're, okay. they're amazing. And if you uh, have not looked at the YouTube that, like, has a bunch of them, you really should. I imagine by the time you're listening to this episode, we've already posted a link to this on probably. our social media somewhere. So you yeah. could probably just, like, hit our Twitter yeah. and find this video. Yeah, I will definitely be sharing for anyone that yeah. wants to watch. I even like made my dad listen to me talk about it today because they're just so fun. Yeah, got to watch these Guinness yeah. ads that he's in. They're amazing. Um, So yeah, so for his films in the 90s, the first film he does is in 1991. He works on a film called Wedlock, which was another film he did with uh, Joan Chen. Uh, yeah, who, from uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, best known for her role as... Uh, crap. I always forget the first name of her in Twin Peaks. I can never... Re- There's so many characters in Twin Peaks that I, I, I just like... I can't remember yeah. half of their names. She owns the mill. I think it's yeah. Jody. Jody. I think so. Sure. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, he, uh, same year, then goes on to do a film called Past Midnight, uh, which has him with Clancy Brown and Natasha Richardson. We um, big Clancy Brown fans in yeah, this house. Yeah, we love Clancy Brown. Yeah. We'll talk about him at some point, I'm sure. Um, uh, Ben's paroled after 15 years prison for killing his pregnant wife. His social worker helps him find work. She doubts his guilt and investigates. Now, what I feel like this IMDb description is not telling you is the reason Tori and I did kind of want to watch this one, mm. but we didn't quite get to it, which is we think it's about this psychiatrist like maybe falling in love with him. I as... think there's a still I keep seeing of them like in a very like sexual pose. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is like another erotic thriller, I it think. Seems like it. Which yeah. is I don't know. I'm like really into erotic yeah, thrillers. We're kind of having right a now. moment with those right now. We are. So yeah. we'll report back. I'm sure we'll watch this at some point. <laughs> Um, he then does a film called Beyond Justice uh, with Elliot Gould, uh, who we Elliot also love. Um, Ex-CIA agent Tom Burton goes to Morocco with businesswoman Christine Sanders to rescue her son, the kidnapped heir to a desert fortune. What? Gotta love Desert Fortune. Yeah, I guess it's the 90s, right? We're at war in the desert. There's yeah. probably lots of Desert Fortune stuff going on. Um, and then in 1992, he does a film called Split Second, which I suggested we watch and forgot that you had like legit just watched this. And I did had... not like it. No, I wasn't into this movie. Um, but people like this movie. Like, this is not an unliked movie. Um, I'll read the description here. In a flooded future London Detective Harley Stone hunts a serial killer who murdered his partner and has hunted him ever since. He soon discovers what he is hunting might not be human. And I love serial killer stuff, so yeah. I was like, yeah, this sounds up my alley, but... It, it, it is, I mean, it's really schlocky B-movie stuff yeah. that I have had fun with in other movies, but I just thought was kind of boring here. And you said this was kind of an alien robot? Yeah, by the time you get to that, like, the creature that they ultimately yeah. reveal in this movie very much looks like the the kind of big rubber suit from the original mm. Alien movie, which is cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, There is some great, like, B-movie dialogue, and the, like, Rucker Howard's playing, like, a... You know, leather trench coated badass wearing mm-hmm. sunglasses, chewing on a cigar, saying one liners type character. So it's not it's not without its delights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I forget he has some sort of it's not smile, you son of a bitch, but he's got like some sort of line like that, like at the end as he like, yeah. you know, takes out the bad it's guy. It's funny also with what I assume this plot is that they call it a serial killer when I'm assuming it's like an alien creature that's killing people yeah. ultimately. So I'm like, can you refer to an alien creature as a serial killer? I know. Killer? It's weird because this weird. movie is like an action horror hybrid kind yeah. of. And I also remember reading that like 
the director whose name is on this movie basically never finished it. Like, mm. it sounds like it didn't really go well, and he kind of got taken off of it. Gotcha. And they hired, like, an action, like, B-unit director to finish so the movie. you probably feel some tonal shifts the that are... The best part of the yeah. movie is, like, the last 15 minutes. And literally in the credits, it says, like, subway sequence, guest directed by blah, blah, blah. And I looked it up later, and it's like, it's not guest directed, it's like, this dude finished the movie. Mm. Because, like, the other guy that was just, like, not working out. And it's the best part of the movie. It's like, it suddenly becomes, like, very... Very entertaining, yeah. clear vision of like this is what the action is going to look like. Like mm-hmm. it, you know. So it's it's got this good finale, but I can't recommend this movie really. Howard's fun in it. I think yeah. if you want to see him do like the machismo B movie character, mm-hmm. this is a good place to watch him do that. Yeah. Um, but cool. you know, I wasn't crazy about this movie. I wish I liked it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's too bad. Yeah. Um, he then, uh, goes on to do Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which, uh, I had seen several times, but we watched for the first time We for watched you. together, because I had never seen yeah. the movie. I watched the TV show when I was in college and really, really liked it. Yeah, I love the TV show. So I was, like, very curious to see the movie, because in my lifetime, I've only ever known the movie to be bad. Mm-hmm. In my lifetime, this movie was very much regarded as, like, I cannot believe that really great TV show was based yeah. on this really shitty movie from the 90s. Yeah. And I fucking loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, you know, it's probably the wrong time to be talking about loving something that Joss Whedon's fingers were on. I know. Um, but I really, really liked this movie. And honestly, I think kind of in spite of some of the Joss Whedon of it all, um, yeah. there is some like annoying, overly clever Joss Whedon kind of like dialogue stuff throughout mm-hmm. this. But um, the woman that directed it, I thought did such a good job of bringing like, some actual real life to it's the same thing that the show does well bringing some real life to Buffy herself that makes the movie just really fucking work I think which is interesting too because when we watch this I I I don't know enough about like the beginnings of Buffy to know that like this was always Josh Whedon's idea so I didn't know that he was involved with this movie because I also know that there's like comics and stuff too so like in my head I was like I don't know where Buffy originated from but like it was interesting to watch this and be like oh okay this was his thing the whole time and so it is funny that so many people dislike this movie that like love the show because like it is the same kind of uh, DNA, obviously, with the same like creative behind it. Yeah, uh, and it was directed by Fran Rubel Kazui. Kazui, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you say uh, her last name, but um, y- you know um, she has some interesting credits in her career as well, uh, including Tokyo Pop, uh, which was like I think her first film. Oh yes, you talked a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's like a really incredible like this is a great movie. Like I really like this movie. Yeah. It's super entertaining. It's really funny. Um, even when it's annoying sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good performances. I mean, Donald Sutherland is having a blast God, doing a great Donald, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland character. Yeah. You and I are just really into him. Yeah. There's He's like got a real, this like twinkle in his eye. There's a warmth to him. That I really appreciate and yeah. love. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, which I think is really needed in this particular role, yeah. actually, because there is something, and 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 the movie doesn't dance around this, which is good. But like, there's something inherently creepy about this middle-aged man coming to this teenage girl yeah. and being like, "You are the chosen one. I need to like teach slash father you yeah. in the you know." Which like, it was interesting too, because even though he plays a different character, I felt like within this pretty short movie, they did 
build a good Buffy Giles kind of relationship yeah, in a really short amount of time. Agreed. Um, where you're like, oh, okay, I see like why these characters are close. And, yeah, the bond yeah. that they end up sharing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, it it kind of makes you want more of that, which is then great because you have the show, which like kind of fills that similar relationship. But uh, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, he's in it and is really interesting. Uh, Paul Rubens Paul plays Rubens. like the pre baddie bad guy yeah. and has an insane death scene that is yeah, legitimately like very funny. Minutes. Yeah, it's like feels like something that doesn't belong in this movie. Yeah. And yet because Paul Rubens is I think so good at what he does, yeah. it's like very watchable and funny. Oh, and then what's his name is the young vampire kid and he's so weird. Uh, oh gosh, uh David Arquette. David Arquette is in this yes. movie. Yeah, it's and then of course we get Rucker who is like the main ancient kind of vampire character. Is he the uh, master, literally? I don't know if they refer to him as okay. the master, but when I watched the movie this time, it did dawn on me that this feels very similar to the like finale of season one where Buffy is like going to the dance right, and facing off it's... against the master. And she's also wearing a white dress mm-hmm. in it. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, it's 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 I mean, it is legitimately a great structure. Yeah. For what this is, right? This is just a mashup movie, right? It's yeah. it's vampire lore brought into the world of Clueless, basically. Yeah. It's like, you know, and and so these kind of movies are having a moment in the mm-hmm. 90s. It just is putting a genre kind of exterior on top of that yeah. candy-colored, you know, 90s teenage kind of movie. Yeah. Um, but it ends up it ends up being a great structure for this, right? You get yeah. to end at the prom where you have this like really fun, bloody action set piece. Yeah, in the you midst get a little a romance in it. Teeny bopper romance yeah. moment. It's got that awesome fucking set piece where they just go to that like abandoned amusement park yeah. or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it is, which is really cool looking and a great looking set. Yeah. Um, I-, I just liked this movie a lot. I did too. And I feel like maybe Rucker didn't get like the most to do in this no. movie, but um, I-, I really enjoy like their last like uh, kind of standoff at yeah. the prom together. I think it's like pretty fun. He's always good at being these like evil characters. Yeah, he just is sure. fun to watch in these roles. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked a, we talked about this a little bit today where like we can kind of it, it, from watching so many we can kind of feel when he it seems to be really into his role or yeah. not. I don't know if he was as into yeah, this one, but he like showed up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we talk today, we'll yeah. find out that there's some movies where it's like he becomes difficult to work with when he's not into the material, I think. Yeah. And you can kind of feel it in some of the movies that he's like, I just, I don't, I can tell I'm in a pile of shit and I don't want to be here. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think that's quite the case with Buffy, but I agree with you that he, he, He's not, um, this is not one of the movies I would go to as like, hey, do you like Rucker Hauer? Yeah. Fucking check this out for Rucker Hauer. Well, because he's like hanging out in a coffin most of the time. Like, because they pack so much in this where it's this origin story. And so like, you're just spending so much time with Buffy yeah, yeah. learning that she's Buffy and all this stuff. So he just kind of like sits in a coffin while his like vampire ghouls do all the other work for him. Yes, yeah. Um, so you don't really get much of him until yeah. the finale. But the nice thing about hiring a Rucker Hauer for yeah. a role like this is he has such a presence that he brings with him that you know yeah it's okay that he only shows up and gets out of the coffin for that like yeah, you know that yeah. finale showdown because sure. he brings so much with him to the screen i think but uh yeah i mean to me 
again, I don't know that I would recommend this as a Rucker Hauer movie, mm-hmm. but this was one of my big discoveries of this episode. Is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a fucking kick-ass movie. Yeah. yeah. I really liked this movie. Yeah, I remembered enjoying it a fair amount, and it was like, you know, just a fun thing to put on because it used to be on like TV a lot. So I yeah. remember it would just like watch parts of it, and I'd be like, yeah, it's not the same as the TV show, but it like scratches that itch in a in a nice way. Um, I guess we'd be remiss not to mention it stars Christy Swanson as Buffy Summers. Oh, okay. Um, and she's really good. Yeah. And, and actually, the real reason I want to bring this up is, um, you know, it also stars uh, Luke Perry, um, you know, who, who tragically passed away here recently. Mm. Um, and uh, he's very good. You know, yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, cool. So we get to 1993 and Rucker does a TV movie called Blindside about a couple visiting Mexico who hit a cop with their car on the way back to the States. They decide Jeez. not to report it and are eventually blackmailed by the cop. I mean, doesn't this kind of sound like a somewhat more structured version of The Hitcher? A little bit, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It sounds like one of those, like, uh, I don't know how to, refer- like, grumpy old man gets to rage movies yeah. like that uh i don't know um Gran Torino. Russell Crowe just did one. Oh, God. What was that called? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Mel Gibson's done them. Yeah, Gran yeah. Torino's one, too. Like, yeah. it's just these, like, grumpy old men get to get their revenge on, yeah. like, hoodlums or society <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I get that vibe from this movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, would watch. Yeah. Um... The same year, he does a film called uh, Voyage, which is available on YouTube, and I am kind of interested in watching because it stars him with Eric Roberts, Connie Nielsen, and Karen Allen. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like it's like these two couples. One of them has like this boat trip they're planning, and they invite this these strangers uh, to join them, and then realize that's a bad idea, and like some fucked up stuff starts to happen while they're alone at sea with these people. Yeah, I mean that's like it a, seems fun. That's a pretty great pitch, yeah. uh, especially with this cast. I think yeah. I, I've. Really grown to like Karen Allen a Me lot too. too. Yeah. So like I would love to watch her in more stuff, especially I, like this and Connie Nielsen. The Connie Eric Nielsen, Roberts. yeah, like, like it's all fun. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I imagine these four people trapped in a single small location at sea it seems yeah like a powder keg, and I would like yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Um. Same year, he does a film called Arctic Blue, which is also available on YouTube, about a man from California who works as an ecologist in Alaska's wilderness. He takes part in arresting and transporting a trapper wanted for murder, but the trapper and his uh, and his friends do anything to free him, uh, and Rucker Hauer plays this trapper that uh, he's caught. What a weird premise. Yeah, really weird. Pretty weird Seems strange. premise. Uh, and then in 1994, he does a film called Surviving the Game uh, from director Ernest R. Dickerson, who we just uh, talked about a few episodes ago because he directed Bones. Um, yeah. And I think he also directed Juice. Like, he has yes. a pretty interesting career. He also directed Demon Knight, the yeah. uh, Tales from the Crypt He's movie. done some real fun stuff, and he's someone we're kind of discovering we really like. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we rented this movie we because we were like, oh, I think this will be one that's, like, really worth watching. And I think we were right. Um, yeah. It's got a great cast, so it stars Ice-T, um, Rucker Hauer, Gary Busey, John C. McGinley, who, if you don't know him, he's, like, the main mean doctor in Scrubs, <laughs> and uh, Charles S. Dutton. Yep. Um, 
Uh, okay, yeah, this movie was great, I thought. Oh, I... who's the other man we like a lot that was in this movie? Oh, uh, uh, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, F. Mar- I would have felt bad if I didn't mention him, because I yes. did enjoy him in this oh, movie. he has an incredible scene towards yeah. the end of this movie where he fucking loses his shit at Rucker. I don't think I've ever like... seen him lose his shit that much oh. in a movie. It was so funny. I mean, this is a movie where, okay, so like, you know, you and I are discovering we really like Dickerson as a director. Yeah. He tells these really interesting stories um, from a distinctly black perspective that yes. makes them like really yeah. really i think just interesting to watch um you know this is a um uh what's it called the most dangerous game story yes about men hunting a man which i kind of love these stories yeah uh in this case the man that mm-hmm. is being hunted is ice t who just plays a homeless man mm-hmm. i think in seattle we're meant to understand i think so I well it ends forget. in seattle i guess we don't know where if it starts there but it ends in seattle so i kind of assumed that was where it started um he plays a homeless man uh, that basically gets recruited uh, distinctly by another black man mm-hmm. um, to uh, to a job. And the job is sort of being a wilderness guide for these wilderness mm-hmm. tours, which very quickly you realize are not a real thing and actually just this really fucked up thing for that rich a people. group of rich yeah. white guys are doing, quote unquote, as therapy. Well, and one black man, which is really fascinating. I, that's, I mean, yes, they, they yeah. have this... the they, you and I talked about, we think that uh, Dutton's character is pretty clearly meant to be like, these white men are aware that they can't just pull a black homeless man off the streets and yeah. give him a job. Yeah. He won't trust them. Yeah. So they have kind of like lured a black man into their world and given him enough yeah. power that he has yeah. been poisoned by it as well. Yeah, because Dutton is... Dutton's character is very much enjoying yes, what he's, he's doing. Yeah. Um, and he and Rucker Hauer are like very close in this movie. Yeah. And you're not really sure what's totally going on. They don't actually go too, too much into like his backstory right. or, or anything, but they allude to enough that There's it's like, like maybe a pretty... A queer in- backstory going on there maybe, of some kind. Or, yeah, or just this like, I don't know, like... Uh, and, like another type of prize. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've like helped bring this black man yes. up to this level and yes. that's like a prize in and of itself because there's this moment where Rucker Hauer like says something about oh I want only want to look at beautiful things and he holds up a framed butterfly that he has captured but through it you just see Dutton's character sitting there yeah. smiling and you're like oh this is like a really weird shot that is obviously here for like a pretty specific reason yeah. and I think your read on that is pretty good that he ch- in his mind, Dutton is another one of his yeah. prized, yeah. you know, captures. And maybe there of. is something queer about it, too. I don't know. They yeah, like, seem to sure. be very close. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a thing that I just love. I'm like, ooh, yes, give me weird I know. I, queer I might tension. invent queer stories <laughs> yeah, where, they, where there aren't any, I know. Because uh, I just find a lot of them very interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean. Uh, but, yeah, and so then the movie is really just, like, Ice-T being hunted by these guys yeah. across the, like, Oregon wilderness, I think, is the idea. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. I think so. We keep ta- saying locations that we're not sure about. Well, but they do mention all these locations. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They said they were crossing into the, the Oregon border, I okay. remember, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, and, you know, it's like it's a really fun sort of, like, the hunted becomes the hunter. And yeah. All that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. plays out over the course of it. But it also, like, affords... Basically, every white guy in this movie is, like, a fucking at 11 the mm-hmm. whole time. They're all really overacting. But, like, yeah. in They're a all way, angry alphas. Yeah. yeah. And it's in ways that work for the movie. Like, I think that Dickerson wants these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, he has chosen these guys specifically 
like it's Busey and McGinley. Mm-hmm. And then like when Abraham goes big, he goes way bigger than I've ever seen him go. Yeah. Uh, like, and Busey has this insane monologue where he describes like his father putting him in the ring with like a junkyard dog. Yeah. Busey's also supposed to play like a psychiatrist yes. and you're in like two seconds into just seeing Gary Busey. You're like, there's no way in hell that like I buy you're actually a psychiatrist yeah. who, who isn't murdering people on the side. Like right. that's definitely your, yeah vibe yeah yeah which also when you mentioned him being like a hannibal character i was like actually rucker Hauer would have been a really good hannibal would have been a good hannibal absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. like if that show were to reveal that hannibal had like a living father it should have been played by <sighs> i think Hauer still would have been alive at that time like it could have been a rucker you know yeah yeah now I'm just fantasy- adding this to my uh, yeah. Hannibal fantasy. <laughs> so we should say, though, so Rucker plays, like, basically the, like, leader of this, like, group of yes. uh, rich hunters, you know? Um, and he, I don't know, he's doing one of his better slime ball performances here, Yeah, I think. he feels like he's really into the DNA of this movie. He's yeah. like, yes, I know what we're doing here. I love it. I'm going to be super weird. Well, and he does that thing we were talking as we were watching this movie that, like, one of the things he's really good at mm-hmm. is, like, saying really weird, evil shit, but, like, tossed off calmly. Like, it's a totally and, normal like, thing. And, like, smiling yeah. while he's saying it. He has this, like, kind of... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like I figured out the word earlier, but like, like a snarkiness, maybe. I don't know. There's like something about it's his like general s- enjoyment of yeah. being terrible that I like really enjoy when he's like, he's like very purposely doing that with his character, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause he's like sleazy without coming off as sleazy. Yeah. Right. Like he, it's like that kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Cause you're also like, Oh man, I like this guy. He's so terrible, but I like this guy. Yeah. 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 Um, this movie also, uh, plays as a pretty nice horror movie. There's some really like grotesque moments in it and yeah. stuff. Like it's, Super um, fun. yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a weird movie to say is fun when you actually think about like what it's about yeah. and what I think Dickerson is trying to say about, Maybe not even the black experience, but like in particular, just the poor, homeless, like that, the experience of that, like, yeah, it's it's horrifying, yeah. Um, but it's also a wildly entertaining movie. It is like very, very fun to watch. Yeah. We had a really good time watching this. Uh, and also just like interesting that uh, this is a movie that Rucker Hauer does, and then later on he does another movie that's like focused on a homeless man, which yes. we will talk about. Yes. Um, so yeah. I think that's. I was also thinking a little bit about oh, that when we were watching yeah. that. That is interesting, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um. Uh, then uh, the same year in 94 he does Amelia Earhart a TV movie starring Diane Keaton okay um, and then does a biopic on Nostradamus okay now that I would watch <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, he does a drama called The Beans of Egypt oh, oh Egypt Maine sorry oh The Beans of Egypt Maine yeah that's like a that's a place title than the Egypt Maine yeah uh, and then he does a film called Fatherland, which is another World War II TV movie, which yeah. we talked a little bit in the last episode about how just being like a blonde, uh, blue haired. Very Aryan. No. Yeah, blonde, blue haired. <laughs> yeah, a blue hair. I mean, he was old at this point. He was a blue hair. Oh, uh, yeah. It was. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he, he has this very Aryan look about yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> to go full circle. There. Thank yeah. you. Um, 
He then goes on to do a thriller called Blood of the Innocent. Great a Chicago cop goes to Poland to get the hoods who killed his brother. When he finds out they belong to the local outfit of the Russian mob, he takes on the outfit's boss as well as Dr. Lem, who handles illegal, or- illegal organ trade for the mob. Okay, that's like a lot of things going on in three Lots sentences. Of things, yeah. Pol- um, Polish Russian mobs, Chicago organs. cops, yeah, yeah, Dr. Lem and his illegal organ trade. That's a lot going on in one Lots. thing. Uh, and, and honestly, I the other thing that I was just thinking is like, what of any of those characters is Rucker Hauer playing? He could, if you told me he was the Chicago cop, I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's another thing we talked a little bit about too. Like, as he does more of these films in the U.S., he gets cast more as just straight up like American men, and yeah. sometimes like you know, like these like capitalist kind of characters and stuff. And just interesting that he plays all American kind of well, even though that is not his origin right, either. Yeah. Um. In 1995, he does a film called Mr. Stitch, which we watched. It's also available on YouTube. Um, It stars Will Wheaton, who is... What's his name in this? Lazarus? Yes, is that Lazarus, it? Yes. He like picks it from the Bible, but he's it's yes. essentially a Frankenstein story. Mm-hmm. Rucker Hauer is this like mad scientist who has created uh Lazarus, who is made up of like all these humans. So he's like skin is patchwork. So it's like, yes, you're every ethnicity and Yeah, you're, like, you're oh, all genders, all ethnicities. Yeah. Like, they don't you don't have any sex organs. It's like this whole weird there, thing. There is a like I do get what is uh, kind of inherently interesting about this premise, right? Like, so this is a Roger Avery movie. Roger Avery is famous for co-writing um, uh, Reservoir Dogs mm. and Pulp Fiction with Tarantino. Um, he uh, wrote and directed the adaptation of Rules of Attraction mm. um, uh, and apparently did not get along very well with Rucker. They had very different ideas about this movie and uh, a Rucker like literally gets taken off of this movie at some point. He just disappears from it like halfway through. Yeah. So, But anyway... The premise of this movie is that it's like a Frankenstein story where the the piece of the Frankenstein mythos that it is like kind of most concerned with is the assembling a body from other bodies. Yeah. Which is interesting because that is not what I, th- when I think of the Frankenstein story, that's not the piece of that mythos that like no. jumps out to me as yeah. the piece that needs like more investigation. Mm. So I do get what's kind of interesting here where it's like this is a kind of like, curveball look at the Frankenstein Mm. mythos, right? Like, it's coming at it from kind of a weird angle. Yeah. But the movie is not very good, Mm -hmm. and I don't think has necessarily interesting things to do with that premise. Yeah. Uh, I do think that's kind of an inherently interesting premise, but I don't think it has interesting things to say about or do with that premise. It's a fucking weird-looking movie. Mm. The first, like third of the movie takes place in a basically all white space that has like yeah so it ends up being really boring and like kind of hard to look at yeah and yeah. has that weird like floating eyeball there's just an eyeball that floats around for a while yeah. like monitoring things do you even remember and then that? he destroys it and it turns into like yellow goop in front of him and yeah. it's like really gross it's yeah this is a very strange movie I read some interviews with Avery where he kind of tries to just say that like Rucker was such a problem that it ruined my movie. Mm. Like he basically says like I had to edit around him because he threw the script away and improvised everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like watching the movie, it's very clear that while Rucker may have been a problem and caused issues with the movie, 
Rucker is not this movie's like only problem. Also, your movie is called Mr. Stitch and you take <laughs> yeah. your shit so seriously. Yeah. It's like that was the problem of your movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like you should have made this much cheekier and more fun. Yeah. But you had no idea what kind of movie you were making. I will yeah. say the thing that when we were watching it, we talked about a little bit that I appreciated about it was I have seen a lot of bad movies that often what is bad about them is they're not even like focused or clear minded or mm. anything. This is not a very good movie, but it's pretty entertaining to watch because it at the at the very least you get the impression that whoever made it knows what they're doing. It's not they're not conveying it to me in a way that is like working necessarily, mm-hmm. but like it feels like a very distinctive clear vision that just like doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, though, where I'm like, you bring up all this important stuff that you then throw away. It does start to spin out of control, like, the Like, the whole thing, and they're like, oh, you're every gender, but then he picks a gender as man, and then every flashback he gets of his former lives are male ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mainly white male ones. Yeah, and right. so it's like, okay, so this ends up being your focus of on white men anyway. It yeah. just all feels kind of yeah. weird and... Doesn't, there's this whole like government conspiracy yeah. stuff behind it that like is it isn't really coherent. I I was very bored by this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was very excited to watch it, yeah. and then was like when I kind of realized this isn't wasn't going to be like what I wanted. I kind of like shut down a little bit. I thought it was crazy enough just in its yeah. kind of distinctive, unique weirdo yeah. vision that I was like pretty into it. It also felt like a movie that Rucker should really be like all about. And so when it, f- when you could feel that like he wasn't in it that much or like that he wasn't maybe like well, enjoying it, I was like, no, oh, okay. And this is good. Cause this is where we can parse this a little bit where like, I feel like a movie like surviving the game is a movie where Dickerson hires like, seemingly intentionally hires like five really big personalities yeah. right and just kind of lets them run loose in his movie yeah. it would not surprise me if that movie was like a lot of improvised dialogue between those actors yeah. being like nuts oh, you know just thinking about what it would be like to be in a room with yeah. those people is wild right I think and so yeah. I think that Rucker probably and Verhoeven is another guy he works with a lot I think he probably works very well with very collaborative directors maybe mm. we could say yeah. who are willing to let him run and be a little weird Mm -hmm. and try things and I think he probably doesn't like it when directors are like no I have a distinctive like this is the story we're telling I need you to read these lines I need you to perform and I think you can kind of see in the movies when directors are like, hey, Rucker, can you be this guy for me? And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, nope, that's not yeah. what we're doing. So it seems like there's a particular kind of director that he works well with and a particular kind he does not. And I get the impression Roger Avery and he were like water and oil, you know? Like, yeah. I just don't think they... And it did. It produced a, a movie that doesn't work, you know? I, I personally thought it was recommendable, but it doesn't work, you know? Yeah, I understand what you mean. So in uh, 1996, he does a film called Precious Find, uh, which is another film he does with Joan Chen. Uh, Three adventurers leave Moon City and head towards the asteroids in search of gold. Love that, like, we're still looking for gold out in space. Um, I love that it's just called Moon City. I know. Uh, He then does a film called Crossworlds, uh, which was a straight-to-video sci-fi film, uh, and then one called Omega Doom. Uh, which is just such a hilarious name, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he. So 
I was at one point looking for just like some sci-fi movies to watch that I hadn't seen. It was how I ended up watching Split Second. Yeah. And all of these came up as just kind of low rent sci-fi movies yeah. from like the nineties. Yeah. That this I would one has like, a real bad cover on IMDb. I know. It's like I would like to watch some of these, but uh, you know, I I'm sure they're not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 1997, he does a TV movie adaptation of John London's Call of the Wild, uh, which I think is an interesting casting. I don't really care about that story at all. But, right, me neither. Uh, now that they've like kind of done it a couple times and pretty recently, I'm yeah. like, oh, he's an interesting... And they did it with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, which is interesting to think about. Oh, is that the movie where he hangs out with a CGI dog that's not Chewbacca? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I think Dan Stevens was also in that movie no, or something. Okay. And I was like, I don't like you guys enough to watch this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, um, he then does a film called Knocking on Heaven's Door, starring uh, Till Schwe- Schweiger, Schweiger uh, I believe. Uh, who plays Stieglitz in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, Tarantino's movie. Uh, so uh, two terminally ill patients escape from a hospital, steal a car, and rush towards the sea. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, he does a film called Blast about terrorists who hold the U.S. Olympic swim team hostage. This one sounded pretty good to me, actually. I, I would like to kind of check that out at some okay. point. I, it just felt like such a 90s premise. I'm Blast. like, oh, it's got the Olympics. Yeah, it's I got know. terrorists. Um, he then does a film called Hemoglobin. A man travels to an island with his girlfriend in search of his relatives, but he finds Maybe more than what he wanted to know. That is, I mean, I gotta, is this one of those movies that has like 30 titles? Like Probably, because it's also like, I mean, hemoglobin, so it's like blood. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I feel like we need, maybe. Oh, immediately, it's actually the title that came up when I looked for it here yeah, is Bleeders. It looks horrifying. Just yeah. looking at like the, I don't know, prosthetics oh yeah, or creature effects. Some creature effects that look pretty gnarly. Yeah. Hey, I might watch this movie. Bleeders. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, he then does a film called Redline, uh, which is about a man who is murdered in Moscow. Uh, an experimental bionic research brings him back to life. He then sets out to find his murderers and the money that was stolen during the crime. He's in a lot of these, like, I know. you know, cheapo sci-fi movies. I know. And it's I, really funny. Yeah, you know, I guess Blade Runner, you know, puts you in yeah. cheapo sci-fi movies for the rest of your life. Yeah. I guess. For sure. Yeah. Um, he then does a TV film, uh, which is like an adventure film called The Ruby Ring. And in 1998, he does a film called Tactical Assaults, uh, which uh, is an action thriller that also stars Robert Patrick. Oh, I love Robert uh, Patrick. So I think that's like a really fun combination. A deranged Air Force pilot seeks to destroy the life of his former commander who shot him down during the Gulf War to stop him from shooting on unauthorized and civilian targets. Oh, that's actually a fucking wild premise. Yeah. It's really weird. I know. Um, he then does a film called Bone Daddy. Bone uh, Daddy. Which the description for this was weird, too. A pathologist's book about his work is a good recipe for sick people. I'm what? Like, okay. Sure. I don't know what that means, but I no do want to see a movie in which <laughs> Rucker Hauer is the Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. That's a, a line that my dad always said from Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, there's a line when... There's uh, performance players that are like talking to um, Jack Skellington's character, yeah. and then he goes, "Nice work, Bone Daddy." <laughs> okay. I remember that was a line my dad used to say all the time. So all right. that's all I think of when I see this. Bone Daddy. Um, he does in 1999 a romance drama called Simon Magus. Okay. Uh, and then 
uh, same year, he does a film called New World Discorder. Disorder. <laughs> Disorder, sorry. yeah. Uh, which was an action flick with Andrew McCarthy, uh, who we've, uh, you know, also realized we, we really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, a gang of four-eyed crooks. I assume that means, like, they're they just, just wearing, wearing glasses. glasses. <laughs> Led by Kurt Bishop are ripping off top dollar computer chips from a list of factories. The night they hit... Dynaphase Systems, two dirty employees, uh, are staying late using company resources to develop their own plans for a security microchip worth millions of dollars. Uh, and they raid the facility. This is like a long description. It's too uh, long. Uh, but this sounds insane. What the fuck? How is top so dollar computer these? chip? I know. It's such a funny uh, phrase. I really like that. Um, and then we get to his uh, his films and roles in the 2000s. Um, so he has a couple TV uh, appearances in Smallville, Alias. Uh, he does the Salem's Lot miniseries as I've well. I've never seen that. And I Me would neither. like to. That's like one of my favorite Stephen King books. So yeah. I would really like to to see that. Although I guess is this like this is not the one I'm actually thinking of though, is it? Because there's know. like one from the 80s, I think. I don't know. I get, there's too many Stephen King yeah. adaptations to keep track of. Um, in 2000, he does a film called Partners in Crime. A small town detective is assigned to work on a high profile kidnapping case reporting uh, to a decorated FBA, FBI agent who happens to be his ex-wife. This is like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type uh, thing, I sort know. of, maybe. Interesting. Okay, I mean... But this is the thing with like some of these later ones where I'm like, I don't even know. Like sometimes I'm reading them and going like, oh, I would like to see Rucker Hauer in that. And then I'm like, oh, but he probably plays like a five yeah, minute role in this movie. I know. You know? Yeah, because I mean, we we got tricked a couple times early on. I feel like we've been better at picking our movies where we're yeah. like, oh, that person actually wasn't in that movie that much, which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, he then does a film called Slow Burn, uh, which we've mentioned before because it also stars Pam Greer. Yeah. Um, it looks like this movie is also known as Wilder. Uh, which is like a pretty crazy title. Uh, the murder of the ex-wife of Dr. Sam Dennis Charney, Rucker Hauer, leads Detective Della Wilder, Pam Greer, to uncover a series of women's murders somehow linked to the big, a big pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Great premise. Two of our B-movie legend actors. Like, we are definitely going to watch this and yes. report back at some point. Yeah, we... There were two movies that yeah. we were like, we need to watch one of these at least because it's very much tied to our podcast. Yes. And so we'll talk about the one we picked yeah, in yeah. very in, shortly. In yeah, but, uh, but yes, we, we will we will watch Lowburn. It seems like it doesn't have like great ratings or reviews, but I like both of them so much. I have to assume they're like really fun to watch together. I'll tell you this. It's got a five out of ten on IMDB, and uh, many of the movies we've watched for some of these actors that we've liked are like four or threes out of tens oh, on IMDB. All right, so sure. Not not too bad. Um, in 2001, he does a film called Lying in Wait. A young man comes out of a coma in a semi-vegetative state, and though he can't move, he gets his roommate to help him kill those who wronged him. Okay. Um, and he starred in this with Virginia Madsen. All right. He then does a straight-to-video film called Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal, which I know you had mentioned. I uh, wanted to, to kind of watch this only because I feel like we have friends that dig this movie. Mm. I think this is maybe a kind of well-recognized, you know, bad junk direct-to-video movie um, uh, in as much as I think it's just crazy uh, mm. and so kind of fun in how crazy it is. 
Um, I remember seeing the original Turbulence. Uh, I believe that uh, came out in the early 90s. And it's just about a plane, you know, like crashing in a city or something. God, I hate, I hate plane crash movies. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling this one is, I think this one's like legitimately might kind of be like a science fiction movie or something. Yeah. Like, I think this one's like a weird, crazy sequel. I was just like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and then the next film he does is one that is one of its titles is Flying Virus, but it also is known as Killer Buzz. Killer Buzz. When I saw that Rucker Hauer was in a movie called Killer Buzz, I was like, well, I yeah. believe we uh, literally are legally obliged. Yeah, we. To watch that movie. It's like in our fake it's contract, a contract. Yeah. that we have to yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. Um, so we did it for you guys. Yes, because we care so much. But here's the thing. We did it for you okay. guys and ended up, I personally, like, I kind of yeah. loved this movie. It was pretty fun. I mean, for the types of movies like this we have watched where, yeah. did you find out if this was a... I don't think it's an asylum movie okay. necessarily, but it felt very similar to Battle Dogs. Yes, which uh, it also stars Craig uh, Sheffer uh, as well. Who also stars in Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal. Oh, weird. I believe. Okay. Yeah, yep. Um. But yes, we we were like, okay, this like might be pretty bad, but we you know are contractually obligated to watch it, so yeah. we'll do it. Um, and ended up being pretty fun. And Rucker Hauer, it definitely feels like you mentioned it, like they had like a day to work with him because yeah. his shots are his uh, scenes he, are really weird. He, he pretty much never fun. shares the screen with anyone else no. in this movie, so it feels like they had him for like a day or two and just captured everything they yep. could. Um, and then you know kind of inserted him where they could in the movie. There's a shot in this movie where he says, you hired me for a reason, boss. I can improvise, I'm quick on my feet, and I'm a natural-born asshole. Mm -hmm. And then he smirks and looks almost directly into the camera. And I am pretty convinced that that was not part of the script yeah. and just something he fucking said to the director that they happened to be rolling on, and the director was like, I'm putting it in my fucking movie, man. He also refers to himself as an asshole. Like, at Multiple least, times. Yeah, like at least one other scene I remember yeah. being like, wow, you are like, yep, this is me. I'm yeah. set in my ways. Yep, and uh, he's doing another one of his like slimy evil villain characters, yeah. I would say with less aplomb than usual, yeah. um, but is fun in this movie. Yeah. Um, but this the reason this movie is fun is because it is a really like dumb creature feature yeah. that absolutely knows, feels like it was made by people that were like, we have $10, this movie needs to be released tomorrow, Yeah, let's have as much fun as we can have with $10 until tomorrow. Yeah, because it didn't go as big as I expected. I was like, oh, so it's these like, you know, government manufactured like killer bees that they're using to like kind of like wipe out the indigenous population in Brazil, I believe. So that they can basically mow down more of the rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it has some interesting stuff that way, but then it like becomes like, oh, but like some of the bees are on a plane and then it just becomes like bees on a plane. There's a and whole you're bees like, on what? a plane subplot that yeah. lasts like a 45 minutes in the movie. It's so strange. Yeah. But there there is some interesting stuff. Like the beginning of this movie starts off with like the indigenous population, like straight up like, murdering the government like, population. Yeah, like a bunch of capitalists, and I'm like, basically. I'm like, fuck yeah. It's like, a, I want to see this, like, rebellion. This is great. It's a distinctly anti-colonial, anti-capitalist movie yeah. um, that has a bunch of really fun performances from B-movie actors yeah. uh, that are clearly, I think, having a good time. Yeah. And so it makes it, like, you have a good time while you're watching yeah. it because they're having so much fun. Um, And, you know, 
is cheap and dumb, but just, I don't know, it, there is an energy to this movie that many cheap, dumb movies mm. don't manage to achieve, I feel like. Yeah. And it made it very watchable. I had like yeah. a good time watching this. One thing I really loved, uh, which I think you also enjoyed, was there's a scene where you keep getting these scenes where Rucker Howard's just like talking to someone that we don't really know of in a plane, in a helicopter. Yeah. And he's wearing like a, you know, military. Um, he, yeah, he's in camo the whole time. Yeah, I almost said scrubs, and I'm like, that's not the right <laughs> yeah, yeah. word for that. Um, so he's like in that outfit, but then like it immediately cuts to a scene where he's like interrogating someone, and he's in like a fringe like leather jacket. He's got like a leather jacket that has yeah, like fr- is that what it's called? Fringe? Yeah, it's like it's got like, like the little strings. Yeah, up. the yeah. leather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, strings hanging off of it. And then it cuts to him back in the helicopter, and so I'm like, why did he change like for I this one scene? If you had to ask me the order of events there, I don't know where he was going in the helicopter. Don't know where he landed or why to interrogate that guy. Or why he then needed to get back into a helicopter to go to another. I don't know. I don't understand the the order of events there, like, at all. Yeah. But he changed specifically to intimidate people in his fringe jacket, which maybe was his own. Who knows? Uh, There was also, like, just some really funny line deliveries throughout this movie. Um you know, there was that moment where uh, the main actress is like, I think, speaking to her ex-husband on the phone. Mm. And her ex-husband goes like, uh, goes like, what's the problem? And she goes, bees, Jeffrey, killer bees. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey. I, it wasn't Jeffrey, but it was some corny name like that. It was like a really no, corny name. No, I know name. what you mean. Yeah. Um, he then goes on to do an Italian crime drama called The Bankers of God, The Calvi Affair. Um, what a title. I know. In 2002, he does a film called Scorcher with John Rice davies uh, The description is, The only hope for humanity to survive a natural disaster is to detonate a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles. Okay. Got to talk about Scorcher yeah. here really quick, only because I was a big fan of the movie Tropic Thunder when it yes. came out. Tropic Thunder has this big joke in the opening of the yeah. movie that Tug Speedman, the action star played by Ben Stiller in this movie, starred in a series of movies called Scorcher, and they are literally about like the world ending due to global warming and nuclear warfare mm-hmm. and like natural disaster. Like... When I started reading this list and found out that Rucker Hauer starred in an actual movie actually called yeah. Scorcher that is actually about natural disasters and nuclear warfare, I was like, I, it, I, it honestly blew my mind. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't believe that that was like an actual real thing. I thought it was just purely a joke I from know. that movie. Which, I mean, it, it does feel, I mean, it feels more 90s for there to be a movie yes. like that. But I'm like, okay, sure, early 2000s. Yeah, that yeah, works, yeah. too. Definitely. Um, so it is funny, because, like, Tropic Thunder... It's only a couple years after only this. A couple it years comes later. out, like, three years after this movie. Yeah, and it feels like they're making something, making fun of something that's, like, so past their time. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a joke about a movie that exists. It feels yeah. like it's making fun of the kinds of movies yeah. that like Schwarzenegger made, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I need to see this movie just because I had no idea it has that context. So funny. Um, he then does a Turkish film called Warrior Angels. Okay. And uh, then has a role in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which um, I have never seen and I would like to. Uh, I was going to ask you if you've seen this. I no. believe that we own it. I think mm-hmm. I have this on DVD. This was the first movie, I believe, 
that um uh gosh uh, George Clooney directed. Yeah. Um and he I think is a pretty good director. Um this movie's like very stylish. It's like a very I just loudly like Sam Rockwell directed a lot, movie. Which is why I want to see Rockwell's it. great in this. Do you know the story of this movie? You would like this movie just because of the story. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like about Chuck Barris mm-hmm. who was like a game show host, but he wrote the thing that's crazy to me about the story is he wrote an autobiography at mm. one point where he claimed that he was while a game show host also an assassin for the yeah. CIA. And obviously, like, no one can confirm or deny that, really, yeah. because of what the CIA is. So you're just like... Mm. And so it's a movie that takes him at face value mm. and tells his story as if those things yeah. are true. And so Rucker, if I remember right, plays, like, another assassin, maybe mm. working for, like, a different government. I just remember role. that there's, like, a shot in this movie where Sam Rockwell looks behind him in a car and Rucker Hauer is in the back seat strangling Amanda Death with like a wire, but like grinning through his teeth at Sam Rockwell As while he, he does should it. Be. Yeah, yeah. That sounds so perfect for yep. him. Um he then does a film called Dracula 2 Ascension, which we talked about because I I think one one of these Dracula films was available. I forget which one this is. Does, is that Roy Scheider? I believe that that is. Hold on. Wait, who's in this movie? By the way, Craig Sheffer, also in this fucking also movie. Also in this movie. Um, uh, actually, I don't know. Oh, I, it definitely looks like him in that picture. I know. But I don't see his name in this cast. But we, We're trying to figure out what Dracula this is okay, a I sequel to. I think it's a sequel to Dracula 2000. Okay. Yeah, in fact, there it is. The terrifying sequel to Dracula 2000. Here's okay. the part that's interesting to me. I don't know that this will matter to you, but it was directed by Patrick Lucier. Uh, this is the guy that wrote Jason X. Um, <clears throat> he also, uh, I believe, directed Drive Angry 3D. Oh, and Dracula 2000. So he actually made basically a whole trilogy of Dracula movies. Because so he funny. made a third one, too. Um, yes, directed Drive Angry. Uh, oh, I think had something to do with the My Bloody Valentine remake. He might have written that as well. Uh, no, I can't remember. But yeah, he's like involved in a bunch of this stuff. Okay. The like dimension horror movies. Yes, interesting. Oh, he edited My Bloody Valentine 3D. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Did not write Jason X? Why did I think he wrote Jason X? I thought he was involved with Jason X. I guess I was wrong about that. Um, But anyway, yeah, interesting kind of weirdo that has had, you know, had his hand in that whole kind of era of dimension horror movies. Looks like Roy Scheider, I swear to God. It would be crazy to me if he was actually in this movie, but it just looks like him in that picture. Oh, you are correct. Here he is. He's just buried in the cast list. Buried. Uh, By the way, Rucker Hauer apparently plays Dracula the Third. Dracula Three. Got it. So we get several Draculas in this movie. Yeah. Fascinating. Um. In 2004, he then does a Romanian film called Never Enough in the Shadows of the Cobra. Uh, oh, no, I just like Two read into the next thing. Yeah. Oy. Yeah, so it's just called Never Enough. Um, he then does a film called In the Shadows of the Cobra, which I looked it up, and it looks like it's an Indiana Jones knockoff, uh, but it has Sean Young in it. Which uh, is which wild, because Sean Young, I, you know, kind of like is not in movies for a very long period yeah. of time, you know? Um, so yeah. that's interesting to me. Um, and Sean Yan, if you don't know, is uh, was in Blade Runner yes. also with Rucker, yep. which is like pretty interesting. Um, he then does Sin City, uh, which it's been a really long time since yeah, I've, not I've seen, seen this, this movie. Many many years. I 
it's fine. I feel like I I like Robert Rodriguez as a yeah. director, and I think that there's a lot of interesting kind of directorial yeah. stuff here for yeah, sure. For sure, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's probably too brutal in some respects and that kind of thing. It's yeah. like it's got that very '90s like edge lord kind of like, hey, how fucked up can we yeah, get? Yeah, that's the thing. thing. It was just like you know, a lot of film dudes I knew yeah. like in high school being like, oh, you need to like this movie, and it's, I'd be like, oh, okay. It's very, uh, and I do have an appreciation for Frank Miller to some extent. He's yeah. who wrote these comics, yeah. but it's and very a lot of Frank good people Miller. in it. There's like, uh, you know, I love Elijah Wood, yeah. and I think he's really fun in it. Uh, just that because the scene we watched was yeah. Mickey Rourke and um, Rucker. Rucker talking to each other and like just in the little bit we watched i was like shocked at how good mickey rourke was yep. uh at that role uh yeah yeah because he is i mean he's just like Marv, recognizable yeah name. yeah um but yeah i mean rucker makes so much sense in this kind of movie and i like that rodriguez was like yes like if i'm doing these kinds of movies we gotta get like the people that i'm sure were influential yeah like, to him and he like i don't know he plays like some kind of i don't remember the details if he's like kevin's father or mentor or mm-hmm. what but he's like the elijah wood characters kind of like carrier or, yeah. or whatever yeah um and he, you know he He's perfect for this. I mean, yeah. he's like this bald head. They give him these green eyes. Yeah. Like, he just looks really fucking weird and creepy and is perfect to be talking about, like, yes, <laughs> I raised him to eat people. And like, you and you're know, like, like, yeah, which yeah. just feeds into our whole Hannibal Lecter thing. Yes, yes, this exactly. is why he would be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, very funny. And then, yeah, the same year he uh, does Batman Begins, which yeah. uh, we we're talking a little bit just because uh, I was like, Oh yeah, it's been a while since I watched that. And we looked up some of the clips just so I could remember, but I've seen that movie a lot. So mm-hmm. I actually remember Rucker much better than I thought I did. Yeah. And he plays like the now, uh, like CEO, CEO. I would, I would of guess Wayne. of Wayne, um, in place of Bruce, who everyone thinks is dead at this point. Yep. Um, and you know, he's just kind of a slimy businessman. And this is another great example of him, like really playing like an American businessman in my opinion um and doing a really great job of it he's like really great at just kind of being this sleazeball business guy um very different from like the other kind of roles he's done like he's sleazy in a totally different way but like very much feels like he knew what he was doing yeah totally agree um he's very fun in this movie and i distinctly remember him in this movie he does you know he's got like three scenes kind of and yet for some reason he like he does kind of like pop in this movie um in one of the interviews i looked up he talks about this movie and someone kind of says like oh you were like kind of the villain of this and he was like nobody was that great we're all a bit tattered and rough around the edges i thought bale was pretty nasty in it at times but they love him he's the new version of the hero i guess (laughs) which is such a uh interesting read on some of what's going on and a little bit what we were talking about with like yeah like batman's not like the best because he's like you know capitalist scum and yeah yeah he probably should uh you know be someone we guillotine uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and then he does the film dracula 3 legacy so he is in the second and third of these films um, in 2006, he's in a film called Minotaur, uh, which was an early Tom Hardy movie. It also has Ingrid Pitt, who I really love. Uh, she who is that? She's one of the Hammer women. She starred in The Vampire Lovers oh. and uh, Countess Dracula. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah. Um, so she's in this, uh, what looks like a pretty cheap bad movie uh, about a minotaur (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah interesting enough cast that I like kind of want to see it Um, he then does a drama called Mentor uh, 
and then the same year in 2006 does a sports drama called Goal 2, Living the Dream, uh, which everything about that just screams, meh, I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll never watch that movie. Um, in 2007, he does a film called Dead Tone, uh, which I looked like it was kind of interesting from what I remember. It's like another horror movie. Um, I don't know if you want to read off the description there. Uh, yeah, so finals at the prestigious University of Drayskill are finally over and it's time to party. The crew, as they are known by their peers and dorm mates, are invited to a rich classmate's hideaway mansion high up in the hills of Colorado. What was supposed to be a weekend of fun and relaxation quickly becomes a trip they will never forget if they survive. A simple game of prank scare phone calls becomes an intense game of survival and escape when one of the crew members accidentally calls the wrong person. Mm. So, okay, it's like a, you know, I don't know, kind Hitchery. of... Yeah, or like reverse when a stranger calls, right? Like they call yeah. out and end up calling the wrong person or whatever. And they get, I assume, Rucker Hauer. Actually, uh. he's listed as Detective John Crichton. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so maybe not the person on the other end of the call, although maybe you just figured out the end of the movie without ever having seen the movie. Whoa, that'd be pretty great. Right. Um, it's, it sounds like a thing I, I, I don't know. It's probably bad, but that premise I love, I always love like, you know, dumb kids drinking, partying, getting slaughtered kind of stories, you know? Hold on. You need to know that the original title of this movie is 75, but that is spelled seven, like the number seven, E-V-N-E-N-T-Y, five, like the number five, I-V-E. So, like, remember how Seven, the movie Seven, yeah. was spelled with a seven in the middle? It's doing that, but, like, in weird play. It, yeah. Weird. Yep. Okay. Um, in 2008, he does the Magic Flute Diaries, which okay. just makes me laugh when, what I, the when fuck I say is that, that title. Um, and then he does a drama called Bride Fight. So, yeah, we get, like, some really interesting, uh, you know, early to, like, late 2000s stuff going on here. Mozart's Magic Flute Diaries. It's like a fucking Mozart. Uh, it's a loosely inspired by oh, his classic he, opera. Yeah, because the Magic Flute is a Mozart okay. opera. All right. Okay. Weird. Um, and then in 2009, he does a film called Sword of War. So we get, you know, some some pretty interesting stuff at this time. All right. Um, he definitely bouncing back and forth between like what seemed to be like pretty like renowned like good films and like some more like b movie stuff which i think is kind of interesting yeah i'm with you um and then we get to his like roles in the 2010s um so for tv he has a recurring role on true blood i Uh, I knew that he i believe he plays anna paquin's like a grandfather or something um so there's this whole weird storyline where she discovers she's part fairy okay i think in like season two or three um and he's like one of like the family members that she he's like a fairy godfather yeah which is interesting because i just in my head think that rucker hauer should be playing a vampire a lot i guess Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, oh, he should should be this, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's he does that. Um, he was on episodes of Channel Zero, which uh, is the sci-fi like anthology kind I've of show. I've never watched this, and I've heard it's really good. I've heard people really like it. Yeah. Uh, I would like to watch it. Yeah. Um, I think like Crampton's in some some of that I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so we'd probably dig it. Um, and then he also has a voice in Kingdom Hearts 3, That's which funny. I love. Um, and then in 2011, he does Hobo with a Shotgun, which uh, I had never seen. So uh, we watched this together, yeah, which this, was uh, interesting to. This was a movie I remember loving yeah. uh, that I saw, I think, around when it came out. Because this, this movie is kind of famous because um, the director, Jason Eisner, 
made a short for a contest that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino had when mm. they were making the movie Grindhouse. They had a contest for filmmakers to make trailers for Grindhouse movies, mm-hmm. and the basically the you know uh, the prize was getting if they were going to choose one that would get into the movie Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. And Hobo with a Shotgun uh, is one of the ones that made it in. I think only to like the Canadian release of the movie, which is where Eisner is from, mm. and the movie's very Canadian. What's the other one? It's like is it the SS one or whatever? I think that one is directed by Rob Zombie. Oh, okay. The She-Wolves of the yeah. SS or whatever. That's a um, movie I w- would love to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and so then uh, Eisner was able to then, I think part of the prize was like getting to expand your short into yeah. a feature. Uh, and so he got to make it into a feature uh, starring Rucker Hauer. And it's a Canadian production. I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's got one of the trailer park boys in the opening sequence. Mm. Like it's a very Canadian movie for sure. And the woman that like kind of stars alongside Rucker Hauer is this like young woman who plays like a sex worker in the film. Yeah. And she has like a very, uh, very Strong Canadian accent. Strong Canadian accent. She like gives this speech at the end. And you, you, I think you were like, wow, this is very Canadian. Yep. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, so yeah, this before we like talk about the movie, there were a couple interesting notes. Um, one was he just kind of says that he was uncertain about the film when he actually read the script for it. Okay. Uh, but then he talks about like working with a new director, and he goes, you know, first, second, third. I don't know any director who makes enough movies. Part of my work is that I give it a shot. If it's a project that I like, I'll give it a shot with the first time director. Like one third of my work is with first time directors. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I really felt at home with Jason and his team. That's cool. Um, and I think that comes across in the movie yeah. again. This is from this part in his career when you kind of tell when Rucker is just not into the movie he's yeah. in and he feels like he's in this movie. Yeah, I mean it's interesting cuz he was told one of the notes I found was that he was told that his character is supposed to be taken pretty seriously and so they like are like okay, you like, you know, you got to like stick to just being as serious as possible so he like isn't chewing on like scenery yeah. as much as he like would in other films. I think towards the end he gets to a yes. little bit more, but most of the movie you're like, oh, it's like kind of sad and like he's mm-hmm. very serious in he's it. He's playing like a tragic character in a totally yeah. absurd world basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think I liked this movie like well enough. It was like pretty fun. Um It's got a little bit of that same kind of edge lord thing like yeah. in retrospect watching it now, I was like, okay, this is like it's not like pushing the boundaries of taste or anything, yeah. but it just goes for the extreme joke sometimes where I'm not always yeah. into the extreme joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, but sometimes it gets to some really cool, interesting stuff by doing that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's it's definitely a film that is trying to, you know, be fun, but also delve into some of like the social issues. Like it, yeah. it does kind of go into gentrification. Mm-hmm. It talks about like just the way that people like abuse homeless people and poor people yeah. and how they take advantage of them um you just kind of see like it all takes place in this town that's kind of just drained of its life and and everyone's kind of like living in fear and it's it it is kind of interesting i like some of that stuff it then gets like pretty weird and wild it has like some mandy vibes towards the end of it which i think are kind of interesting it goes Um, full on like because like it starts bonkers yeah but even as bonkers as it starts, you don't eventually expect to be introduced to a tentacle monster that has yeah. maybe killed Abraham Lincoln and Jesus yeah. and the Easter Bunny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it gets really wild. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, was that when we watch this movie, Rucker is really playing old, maybe yeah. older than he was at right. the time. And so 
we had watched like earlier stuff before this. So I was like, oh no, this is like one of those movies that's kind of sad because you just like feel how old he is. Yeah. And how, but like, then as it goes on, you're like, oh no, he's like kind of playing that up. So it like yeah. worked a little bit Part more. Of the but performance, yeah. sometimes it's hard when you see actors that you like love like in these roles where you're like, oh man, you're like, you know, uh, when we watched Wolf of Snow Hollow, I felt that too. Yes. But that's another one where it still felt like he was in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt, it felt good, good for me as we were watching it. We're like, towards the end, Rucker is being like pretty fun and like goofy and and playing it up like especially as the body count and blood gets like crazier in it yes yes um which there is a quote from him that says part of our challenge was how much blood can you spill before it starts to get boring Uh it's always a good question to ask um the same year 2011 he does a film called the rights uh which i believe is like a vampire movie that stars anthony hopkins so like i remember when this came out i, I know never this poster really so well wanted to see it yeah. i didn't know it was a vampire movie I though like that's what made me interested yeah. when you told me that um he then does a russian film called the fifth Ex- execution um, and then goes on to do a UK horror film called The Reverend, uh, which I had not really heard of. I've never heard of that either. Yeah. So there was like a decent amount of stuff, especially like horror that I was like surprised I hadn't really heard about, even though it was like newer. Um, he then does get a film in the Netherlands called The Heineken Kidnapping. Uh, which is funny just because Heineken for me is like, oh, it's that beer. So I'm <laughs> like, oh, I wonder like what that actually is about. Um I think The Right is an Exorcist movie. Exorcist. Okay. I think that's what Got it is. It. I think there is a Christopher Walken vampire movie that came out in the 2000s that okay. I might be confusing okay. with okay. this. Okay. So, my bad. That's okay. Um, he then does a film in 2013 called Il Futuro, uh, which I believe is an Italian film. Um yeah. Yes. Uh, when their parents die, Bianca starts to smoke, and Tom and Tomas is still a virgin. The orphans explore the dangerous streets of adulthood until Bianca finds uh, Masiste, a retired Mr. Universe, and enters his dark mansion in search of a future. Uh, and he plays the uh, retired Mr. Universe yeah. himself. That's, I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very interesting and weird. Yeah. Very strange. Um, he then does a film called Real Playing Game. Uh, so it's a RPG kind of movie, which seems interesting. Oh, okay. Huh. Um, and then does a drama called The Letters of Max von Sydow. Um, oh, wait, is the drama called The Letters and Max von Sydow is in it? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. I just put that in wrong. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it is called The Letters. Okay, uh, okay. And it has uh, Max von Sydow in it. Okay. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Sorry. That's okay. I was just curious. I was like, oh, is there like a, did somebody write something about Max von Sydow? Like, yeah. I know. As I, I feel like as we get further into an episode, I just start paying like less attention uh, to what I'm actually reading on my sheet. So sorry, everyone. Um, in 2014, he does a film called 2047, Sights of Death. Uh, it's got a kind of crazy cast. Yeah. Uh, Danny Glover, Daryl Hannah, Michael Madsen, Stephen Baldwin. Um, so the film is about Ryan Wilburn, who's played by Stephen Baldwin, is a Green War rebel agent sent on a mission to collect evidence against the Confederate central government for its heinous crimes. The mission quickly turns chaotic when he meets Tag, a mutant survivor. I mean, 
this sounds like one of those like uh you know sci-fi premises yeah. in a blender movies like yeah. just take three different sci-fi movies throw them in a blender and make a movie yeah. for ten dollars i had a note here too that like the cover of this movie looks like it's like an expendables yeah, uh, ripoff and that kind of makes sense with the casting yeah where it's like oh they're casting all of these like old heads to try to pull this thing okay off, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah 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 yep yep interesting um in 2015 he does the scorpion king 4 quest for power <laughs> which i had no idea that they they got that far into the Scorpion King movies. I can't imagine The Rock is in them. I can't imagine. No. Yep. Um, I haven't seen any of them. Uh, uh, I think he might be in the first two. Maybe. I think. He's definitely the Scorpion King. And yeah. <laughs> um, in 2016, uh, he does Beyond Valkyrie, Dawn of the Fourth Reich. Uh, so another of Just these uh, World these War II movies, movies where he plays a Nazi. Yeah. Um, in 2017, it is a comedy called Gangsterdam. Okay. Which I just can't say that seriously. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he was in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, which I have not seen. I have. Uh, I like a lot of things about this movie. I didn't like this movie overall. Mm. I do not remember Rucker Howard being in this movie, but it's entirely possible he played like a fully alien creature oh, or something. Because there's yeah. like a lot of creatures in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why I don't remember him in it. Yeah. Um, cause I do have distinct memories of like a bunch of actors in this movie. Yeah. I feel like I, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I know that there's a fair amount of people. Like Ethan that Hawke come in has it. like yeah. a pretty significant scene in this that I liked a bunch. Um, yeah. And there's really cool shit in this movie. It's just like not a great movie. Yeah. Which speaking of, uh, he also does a film called 24 hours to live with oh. Ethan Hawke <laughs> in that same year. Two movies in one year. Um, and then in 2018, he does a film called Samson with Billy Zane. Man. Always love when Billy Zane shows up and We do like Billy Zane, don't we? We do. I mean, he's just such a fun little weirdo. Yeah. Um, he then does a film called Corbin Nash. A rogue police detective in search of his parents' killer is murdered and mm. then reborn as the ultimate killer. Yeah, I mean, oh. it sounds maybe not great, but I like the cover because it's super pop-tarty. Corey uh, Feldman stars in this movie. Oh, yes. With Malcolm McDowell, Rucker Hauer, Bruce Davison. Uh, it's got, like, a pretty crazy cast. So crazy. Uh, he then is in The Sisters Brothers, which I didn't see. Is Me that... neither, and I would okay. like to. I would I really like to see I feel like people really like that movie. Um, and yeah. I thought you had seen it for some reason. But... Uh, no, I would really like to. I would like to, because this is a movie that I would like to see with my dad. My dad really likes Westerns. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is that one that has like a bunch of people in it. Like Jake Gyllenhaal is in this. Mm. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, okay. Uh, why can't I think of... Um, uh, the other stepbrother that's not Will Ferrell and is in a bunch of movies with Will Ferrell. You know, the co-star of Step Brothers. You know, John C. C. Riley. Riley. Got it. I just needed one part of it, I and I it. could figure out the rest. Uh, yeah, we did it. Yeah, John C. Riley's in that movie. <laughs> like, it's got like a pretty wild cast. Um. In 2018, he does a film called The Sonata. Uh, a gifted mu- musician inherits a mansion after her long-lost father dies under mysterious circumstances. Okay. She discovers his last musical masterpiece riddled with cryptic symbols and unravels an evil secret. Right. Um, he looks very good in it. He kind of looks like this creepy, like, I don't know, maybe he's like the father and he's playing like a ghost or something. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's I like kind of mean. let his uh, long locks grow. So he's yeah. just got this white, crazy hair. Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's interesting. 
And then uh, the same year, he does a film, uh, which is a Chinese fantasy called Iron Mask. Uh, right. And then does a Polish film called Mariette in Ecstasy. Um, so, yeah, it's, I just think it's so interesting that he like did so much uh, European film still. Yeah. Um, and then in the 2020s, uh, he does the UK uh, crime drama Break. Okay. Uh, these are so he died in 2019. So these are things that are like have come out since his, okay. his passing, uh, like posthumous credits. Yeah. Basically, um, there's a film that is uh, on IMDb marked as completed called Tonight at Noon, another Joan Chen movie. Wow. Very interesting. I can't believe they made so many movies together at like different points yeah. in, in time too. Um, and then there's a film called Emperor, which is in post production uh, with Adrian Brody and Bill Skarsgård. Oh. Um, huh. So there are still some Rucker Howard movies we might be able to see. Um, yeah, so in uh, July 19th, 2019, he died at the age of 75. Um, he died in the Netherlands. Um, so yeah, I wonder if he just like mostly continued living in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's so um, so interesting. I, and, you know, 75 is a, a nice long life. Um, I do remember when he died. Yeah, um, me too. I was like very sad because I think I had maybe just kind of discovered how much I loved The Hitcher yeah, like a year or two before. Right. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I have some kind of interesting like facts. Um, so Rucker Hauer was Anne Rice's original vision for Lestat when the book was what? being written, oh which my is probably gosh. why I always think of him as a vampire. Yeah. It's so funny. And that does make sense to me actually. Yes. When I think of what I think of as like the classic kind mm-hmm. of you know, like the quote unquote Anne Rice sexy vampire, right? Which, mm-hmm. but like the gaunt kind of face. And like, yeah, it just like, it does make sense actually. Yeah. Um, he was Paul Verhoeven's first choice to play Robocop oh. uh, before Weller was cast. That's interesting. Um, so it's interesting that there was another film that they may have done together. Um, he was married. He got married in 1985. His wife was like a painter and a sculptor. Um, he himself was an environmentalist. Um, he fought mm. for the release of Greenpeace's co-founder, Paul Watson, who was convicted in 1994 for sinking an illegal Norwegian whaling vessel. Wow. Um, Rucker Hauer in 2016 also voices the audiobook Alien out of the shadows, which isn't like an Is that alien. like an alien sequel? Yep. Whoa. Very interesting. Um, he had set up an AIDS research foundation called the Rucker Hauer Starfish Foundation. Okay. Um, he was also giving, uh, before he died, he gave master classes in movie making to okay. students and new actors. Um, he had had a tattoo on each shoulder, one of his former wife and the other of a friend who died, explaining that it's a way of saying, you're under my skin. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I know. Alrighty. Um, he also founded the I've Seen Films International <laughs> Film Festival. What a funny name. Um, so I just, I like how much kind of different uh, sort of work and, and the legacy he left behind as well. Um, he has a couple interesting quotes here too. Um, one is, uh, good guys or bad guys, hero or antihero, doesn't matter to me. What role I play, only the character has something magical. Um I don't know. And then another, uh, I don't know what the appeal is. I can see I've got blue eyes and I don't look like the hunchback of Notre Dame, but I can't understand the fuss. <laughs> well, that was he like, doesn't understand how hot he is. That was like that interview where that woman just like would not stop telling him how hot he was. And he looked so embarrassed Which being is prob- told yeah, that. Yeah, he was like, I don't, what? Yeah. But I mean, he is a very good looking man. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, there were a couple like sources uh, I had for this. Um, we are moviegeeks.com, um, medium.com, and moviehole.net all had like interviews with Rucker Hauer. Nice. Um, so I was I was glad that there was like a, a decent amount of interviews I found uh, about him his career. Kind of similar, like a lot of people want to ask about Blade Runner and stuff, but because um, I mean that probably is yeah. like the most iconic role he had, but um, he just is such an interesting human. Um, so the like the a lot of the quotes i put in there and stuff i was like oh i just like like hearing uh you know what his ideas of like the roles he's playing yeah. are and like what he's putting forth um yeah very interesting human he was really fun to do just because like we i got to you know discover things like that the buffy movie is actually good know. you know there was like there were a lot of fun kind of interesting discoveries along the way here mm-hmm. with his movies which i had a good time with. nighthawks nighthawks was huge um but like to me, the thing that is so interesting is kind of getting into this period of his career where, like, maybe he wasn't great to work with mm. or was just, like, starting to kind of parse, like, his actual style and where he seemed to yeah. gravitate, the kind of things he gravitated towards mm-hmm. and away from. It's kind of an interesting feeling. Like, I started to kind of, like, get to know him mm-hmm. as an actor, yeah. you know, through through this process. Like, that that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, that you know, it was, it was fun. I, I, I really enjoyed doing this. And we have already figured out who we want to do next. Yes, so we're going to do um, Cassie Lemons. Um, so if you don't know, uh, she uh, probably best known for being in Silence of the Lambs as well as Candyman. Yep. Um, but she also is a director um, and had directed Eve's Bayou as well as uh, the more recent film Harriet. Um, so really interesting black actress and filmmaker um, who who I'm like pretty excited to talk about and, uh, you know, see some of the work she's done. I've wanted to see Eve's Bayou for forever. So, uh, yeah, maybe catch up on some of those things before listening. Yeah. And uh, I guess that'll do it for us. You can find yeah. us over on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Gmail, on moviejohn.com, J A W N. And uh, you can find uh, me everywhere at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Please follow my letterboxed and check out my other podcast. I like to movie movie. Yeah. And uh, you can find me, uh, Victoria Potenza, on Letterboxd and things. I use mostly just our Twitter account to communicate uh, mm-hmm. to people. Um, and you can uh, read all my stuff at Movie John as well. I'm sure there are some uh, recent reviews and, and pieces up for me. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Thanks for listening. Buzz, buzz. buzz.